Hello, welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study. I hope that this study finds you all uh, well and healthy. Uh, there have been a number of our friends who um, watch the study uh, or attend who have been having some health issues lately and we, I want them to know that we continue to lift them up daily in our prayers. Uh, it's well known that there is uh, healing power in prayer and I have seen it and I have experienced it myself. So for those of you who may be watching this, who are experiencing some sort of health troubles, uh, please know that we are praying for you. And again, if you desire to have uh, corporate prayer, just be sure to let me know. Uh, tonight we are in Hosea chapter 12, which means we're getting close to our to the end of our study uh, in the book of Hosea. Uh, just as a brief reminder, Hosea is pretty much dealing with uh, the harlotry of the children of Israel, meaning that they turned to foreign gods. They turned their backs on God and turned to foreign gods. Um, making alliances with foreign nations that were pagan and uh, not taking this into account. I believe that this is uh, still pertinent to today, even though it was written some 12, uh, 2,750 years ago. Uh, so please join with me in prayer as we get ready to get into God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we get to share together. We thank you for your word that you have given to us. We thank you that we are able to study your word. Lord, we know that being in your word, we draw closer to you. And so it is our desire just to draw closer to you in everything we do. Because Lord, we do love you and we need you. And again, we desire to be closer to you in everything that we do. So please open our ears and our hearts to your word tonight. And as always, keep Willie out of the way. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, again, Hosea chapter 12 this evening. Beginning at the first verse, it says, Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind. He daily increases lies and desolation. Also, they make a covenant with the Assyrians, and oil is carried to Egypt. The Lord also brings a charge against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. According to his deeds, he will recompense him. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and in his strength he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept. And sought favor from him. He found him in Bethel. And there he spoke to us. That is, the Lord God of hosts. The Lord is his memorable name. So you, by the help of your God, return. Observe mercy and justice. And wait on your God continually. A cunning Canaanite. Deceitful scales are in his hands, and he loves to oppress. 
And Ephraim said, Surely I have become rich. I have found wealth for myself in all my labors. They shall find in me no iniquity that is sin. But I am the Lord your God. Ever since the land of Egypt, I will again make you dwell in tents, as in the days of the appointed feast. I have also spoken by the prophets. I have multiplied visions. I have given symbols through the witnesses of the prophets. Though Gilead has idols, surely they are vanity. Though they sacrifice bowls in Gilgal, indeed their altars shall be heaps in the furrows of the field. Jacob fled to the country of Syria. Israel served for his spouse, and for a wife he tended sheep. By a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet he was preserved. Ephraim provoked him to anger most bitterly. Therefore his Lord will leave the guilt of bloodshed upon him, and return his reproach upon him." That's where we'll stop for this evening. Again, uh, speaking of Ephraim, which is uh, the king in the kingdom to the north, which is Israel, Judah being the kingdom to the south. Remember, there was a split uh, in the children of Israel to a northern and southern kingdom. Uh, Ephraim is from the north. And it says here that Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind. Uh, east wind is uh, most notable for being hot and dry and uh, really uh, quite injurious at times. So here's Ephraim chasing after the wind. And not only is he chasing after the wind, he's chasing after an injurious wind. He increases he, pardon me, he daily increases lies and desolation. Also, they make a covenant with the Assyrians and oil is carried to Egypt. Now, this is kind of interesting. Uh, they make a covenant with the Assyrians, uh, again, a pagan nation. And it says here, oil being taken, carried into Egypt. Okay, there were no olive trees in Egypt, so Israel had um, made an alliance, interestingly enough, with Egypt and against the Assyrians. And they secured this with the exporting of the olive oil. So here we have, <laughs> here we have the children of Israel playing, let's make a deal with pagan nations, right? Here they are trying to get their... Um, strength and their comfort through alliances with pagan nations and even playing let's make a deal and playing one nation against another. They're placing their trust in these alliances as opposed to placing their trust in God. Um, might sound a little bit familiar. I, we... Men have a big tendency to mess things up. Men have a tendency to take things and do it their own way. I did it my way, this kind of stuff. What a bunch of baloney. 
Uh, we could save ourselves as the children of Israel could have saved themselves a lot of heartache by trusting in God. Not just for the big things, but the little things as well. Verse 2 goes on to say that the Lord also brings a charge against Judah, again, the kingdom to the south, and will punish Jacob according to his ways. According to his deeds, he will recompense him. Jacob, uh, the, one of the uh, patriarchs, who, as a matter of fact, uh, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Hence, we get the children of Israel. And according to his deeds, he will recompense him. He will punish Jacob. He will punish the children of Israel. He, meaning Jacob, took his brother by the heel in the womb, and in his strength he struggled with God. Um, it's written about in, in Genesis how uh, Jacob struggled with Esau in the womb and grabbed his heel on the way out. Now, uh, a heel catcher is known as a double dealer. Uh, Jacob was not very truthful. He and his mother <laughs> worked a deal to steal Esau's birthright. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that real neat? The guy was a crook. Okay, and it goes on to say, and in his strength, he struggled with God. Verse 4 says, yes, he struggled with an angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. Okay, in Genesis chapter 3, there is the story of Jacob where he struggles with an angel and will not let go until that angel blesses him. Okay, and that's when Jacob's name got changed to Israel. It says he wept and sought favor from him. Well, Jacob began to surrender. Surrender not only to God, but also to seek the favor of his older brother Esau. Okay, that's whom he uh, sought favor with. Uh, Jacob, like all of us, Jacob recognized his sin and surrendered and sought favor. Uh, we ought take his example and do the same thing because we're all messed up. It's just real simple. We're all messed up. And the only way that we can uh, even come close is by surrendering to God. The only way that we can even come close to having a life as God intended for us. Okay, it says here that he found him in Bethel. Uh, remember that uh, our hero Hosea refers to Bethel as Beth-Avon because Bethel was a place of worship and uh, uh, instruction with God, and it was changed to a pagan area of worship, Beth-Avon. Um, just a side note here, the name Israel 
means struggles with God. Isn't that interesting? It shows in here that the children of Israel continue to struggle with God. I think we can see that throughout history. Uh, I think you could even see, see that in the nation of Israel right now. Uh, they too uh, have become somewhat of a secular nation um, in various ways, just as the United States. Okay. Said so he found him in Bethel, and there he spoke to us. That is, meaning he, he is the Lord God of hosts. The Lord is his memorable name. Okay, so here when Jacob uh, surrendered and he also sought favor with his uh, older brother Esau after double dealing Esau, uh, here he is uh, and he finds the Lord God of hosts. Okay, <clears throat> verse 6 goes on to say, So you, by the help of your God, return, observe mercy and justice, and wait on your God continually. The only way for us, or I'll back up, the only way for the nation of Israel to return to God is with the help of God, turning their backs away from those pagan gods that they brought in. Okay, uh, That's the same, same way with us. The only way that we can't return to God is with the help of God. So what does this mean? That's a good Lutheran question for my uh, friends who were brought up in that faith tradition. What does this mean? Well, what this means is that we need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer and ask God for His help to bring our nation back to Him. Actually, I think it'd be great if we prayed that the entire world would turn to God and seek His favor, favor and to surrender to Him. Okay? starting with our own selves, starting, starting with our own selves. Again, as Paul would say, oh, wretched man am I. He would say that he is the chief of sinners. So where do we start to return to God? Right here, in our own hearts, my heart, your heart, surrendering to God, seeking His favor, seeking His direction, and seeking that for our country as well. Okay. Verse, and it says, and wait, I like this, continuing on, it says, and wait on your God continually. Don't get impatient with God. Gee, God, I prayed about this for a week and nothing has changed. Well, maybe it's because your heart hasn't changed. A lot of times what we need with our prayer uh, what prayer is about is changing our hearts and changing our relationship with God. It's not praying to God the, oh, great Santa Claus in the sky. No, 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 no. God says, yes, if we ask, it'll be given to us. But it's within His 
will. Think about this. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Said, Lord, please take this cup away from me. I imagine I would be feeling the same way. He knew what he was about to have to suffer. And he said, Lord, please, Father, take this cup away from me. But not my will, but your will be done. If Jesus Christ, God's only Son, God incarnate here on earth, can pray in such a way, that's the way we should pray as well. Your will be done, Lord, not my will. And so in prayer, we're getting our will in tune with Him. Think about that. Okay, wait on your God continually. Verse 7 goes on to say, A cunning Canaanite! Deceitful scales are in his hand. He loves to oppress. Uh, the Message Bible puts it this way, is that uh, businessmen that were engaged in fraud and loved to rip people off. Yeah, that um, deceitful scales, you know, that putting your thumb on the scale uh, type of thing. And it goes on to say, Ephraim said, Surely I have become rich, for I have found wealth for myself in all my labors. They shall find in me no iniquity that is in sin. You know, there it is, just like in last week's episode, Israel is looking to themselves as saying, I did this and not recognizing God's blessing. Back to the deal. I did it my way. And look, look what all the great things are that I have done. Look into yourself and think, where did you get the ability to do that? Where did they get the ability to do that? It is a God-given gift. You know what? I've even heard uh, rock and roll guys say, yep, my ability to sing uh, harmony is God, my, my gift from God, right? That's what I'm gifted to do is sing harmony. They'll even, even the most secular, will recognize that it is a gift. They may not recognize that it was God given, but they recognize that it's a gift. That's what we have to do. We have to recognize that what we have and the ability to do, what we do, is all a gift from God. And you know what? Here's, a, here's another extra thing that goes about that. If we do recognize that, <laughs> it takes a lot of responsibilities up off ourselves because when we think we're doing everything on our lonesome, that means we're also the ones, we have to take responsibility for how we mess up. And if you're like I am, a little bit on the perfectionist side, you can beat yourself up more than anybody else on how you're not doing things just right. That's Satan. That's not God. Verse 9 begins with, but. I like to say it's the large, however, I am Lord your, the Lord your God, ever since the land of Egypt, I will again make you dwell in tents. Just like the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. Why were they in the wilderness for 40 years? 
Once again, they did not trust in God. They trusted in their own spies and their own eyes. They didn't take into account God being on their side. So they spent 40 years in the wilderness in tents. And it says here, I will again make you dwell in tents as in the days of the appointed feasts. Okay, there happens to be the Feast of uh, Booths, which is in remembrance of being in tents like that, uh, such as it's one of the number of appointed feasts that God has for the Israelites, the Jewish people. I'm sure you've heard of Rosh Hashanah. You've heard of Yom Kippur. Uh, you've heard of Hanukkah. You've heard of Passover. You've heard of Pentecost. You've probably heard, maybe you've also heard of this uh, Feast of Booths and also Purim. Uh, there are other various feasts, but these are the major ones. And why do they have these feasts? As a remembrance of what God did. Uh, there is a um, wonderful Hebrew word by that that is dainu, which means if God had only done this, it had been sufficient. Okay, such as if God had only brought us out of Egypt, dainu. If God had only brought us out of Egypt and parted the Red Sea, dainu. You know, it keeps going on. It would have been sufficient if God had only done this. But you look and if you really do, if you look in Genesis and you look in Exodus and you see all the blessings that God has placed on His people and you look at your own life and see all the blessings, if God had only done one of those things, Dianu, it would have been sufficient. But as we see in these words here in Hosea, man has a tendency to not look at these things. Okay, verse 10 says, I have also spoken by the prophets and multiplied visions. I have given symbols through the witnesses of the prophets. And guess what? The people rejected it. When we see these things, when we read about these things in Scripture and we reject what God has to say, we're in the same boat as Israelites. And that's why this book of Hosea is so pertinent to today. Okay, verse 11. Though Gilead has idols, surely they are vanity. Though they sacrifice bulls in Gilgal, indeed their altars shall be heaps in the furrows of the field. Um, these were once places of worship to God, and quite honestly, at that time, they were epitomizing the worship of pagan gods. They were the A number one place to go worship Baal or the other pagan gods that they were worshiping at the time. Okay? So, it's saying that they have idols, Gilead has idols that they sacrificed bulls in Gilgal. Unfortunately, not to God. Indeed, their altars shall be heaps in the furrows, furrows of the field. Uh, like, like putting them in a dump, like a 
a sanitary landfill. I remember growing up when the dump in Riverside had its name changed to a sanitary landfill and they had all these beautiful renderings of how this one day would become a park. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, there was a lot of hazardous stuff, material that was put in there and it could not be a park. Well, I guess it is a park. It, it, it is a park that is full of solar panels to generate energy, okay? But there it is. All those idols and such are going to be put into a dump. Verse 12, Jacob fled to this country of Syria. Israel served for a spouse. For a wife, he tended sheep. Okay, Jacob fled to Syria to escape his brother Esau, once again, whom he double-dealed. And then he went to work for his uncle Laban, who ended up being his, or Laban, who's uh, ended up being his father-in-law, who double-dealed Jacob, had him work so many years for his uh, uh, wife Rachel, and, and Laban uh, snuck in Leah instead. And so then... <laughs> Oh, what about read about it read about it in genesis chapter 23 and all it is just it oh boy what a mess you think you think days of our lives is a soap opera boy that stuff was really going on then okay so now verse 13 by a prophet the lord sent brought israel out of egypt we've already talked about that right and by a prophet he israel was preserved Ephraim, though, provoked him to anger him, meaning God, to anger most bitterly. Therefore, his Lord will leave the guilt of his bloodshed upon him and return his reproach upon him. You know, God will only take so much. <laughs> he, he, and let, let, me, let me phrase that properly. When we are unrepentant, God will only take so much. You will receive as they are their comeuppance, right? God is long-suffering. He'll put up with us being chief of sinners, wretched men, being idiots, as long as we repent. Repent doesn't mean King's X, God, I, I don't want my sins, please forgive my sins. No, repenting means saying, Lord, I am sorry. Help me to turn away from that. God recognizes that we are not perfect. And so that's why he sent his perfect son to pay the price for our sins. And that, my friend, is called grace. So now, may the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.